So I've been involved with the uh, direct response financial publishing world since 2010. And so I follow news in the investment markets. And man, Facebook stock crashed big last week. And, uh, and I want to talk about that specifically in the context of Facebook advertising in 2022 and beyond. So Facebook stock crashed 26% on Thursday. They lost $232 billion in market value, which is the most of any company in history losing in, in one day. And actually, it's continued to go down since then. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg lost $31 billion in net worth. Uh, you, could, you could argue that it was, it's just paper net worth as long as it's still in the company and in the stock market. But hey, it's net worth. Uh, $31 billion in a single day. Uh, so what's really going on here and what can we take away from this as marketers, as advertisers in 2022 and beyond? That's what I'm going to cover in today's episode. And, and this is going to be a big one. So uh, strap in. These are the proven direct response, marketing, copywriting, and entrepreneurship success strategies you can use today to write your own ticket and create the life you want. I am Roy Furr, and this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Now, here's today's breakthrough. All right, today's episode is sponsored, as always, by me, uh, specifically my BTMS Insiders training library. It's like Netflix for copywriting and marketing training, so you pay one low fee, you get access to everything, and I'll encourage you to check out the link in the description to learn more. Okay, so Facebook stock uh, was actually I was I was watching this even before the market opened. They had like a terrible quarterly reporting, and um, and the market was down in pre or the the stock was down in pre market trading, and then basically from the opening bell on Thursday, their stock crashed twenty six percent and and stayed there. And of course, the 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 people who were paid to put out opinions on a minute by minute basis of why the stock market is going up and down through a bunch of uh, ideas out there. So things like their shrinking user base, which is true. Um, competition from TikTok and Snapchat and like other platforms, especially among younger users, totally true. And then there was the mention of Apple's iOS update that basically killed Facebook, uh, Facebook tracking for Apple device users. And yeah, that's, that's, that's a, a big, big, big part of what's going on. And, um, and, and the big reason that is cited is that in the quarter that was being reported, there was a 10% drop in ad revenue to Facebook. And this is really in my opinion, that's going to be the start of a trend. I may be wrong. You know, the, the, the first thing that you learn about putting out forecasts is as soon as you put out a forecast, uh, you're, you know, you discover that most forecasts are proven wrong. But Facebook is in a, uh, in a really tough situation. Facebook, as much as they've been called a social media company or anything like that, they are an ad network first. They, Facebook fundamentally is an advertising network. They pay or, or they get paid, they make money by selling the attention of their user base. And 
Really, uh, Facebook, Facebook created themselves as a big brother. And uh, in the beginning, maybe, you know, it feels great to have a big brother who helps you out, helps you like make social connections, all of that stuff, and, um, and helps you find more things uh, like what you like. So if you imagine uh, Big Brother, like growing up as teenagers, whatever, and you get excited about, you know, this music, right? And this Big Brother is like, oh, hey, if you like that band, you're also going to like that band, right? Like, so helpful Big Brother, right? And that's what Facebook was doing. You know, you click like on one band and suddenly you're getting information about the next band and you start to click like on all these different things and respond to all these different things and watch all these different videos and all of that. And they start to accumulate data on what you are interested in, what you engage with and, and, and what you like. And uh, soon that turned into the big bad big brother. Um, and, and basically, Facebook started tracking our every behavior as users. And they, they, they did this thing with advertisers where they let the advertisers, me included, install this pixel on our website called a pixel. And, um, and, and basically, this is an invisible piece of code that runs that sends information back to Facebook about users that are on the website. Now, why would you do this? Well, if you're going to run Facebook advertising, sending Facebook this data about the people who are visiting your website with this easy to install line of code allows you to, for example, tell Facebook, hey, the people who visited my website, I want to put this ad in front of them. And Facebook says, great, you know, you can do that. Or, hey, you know the type of people who visit my website. Would you send more people my way who who are like those people? And this has been awesome, awesome for advertisers. So if me as an advertiser says, hey, Facebook, uh, I want people who like underwater basket weaving. <laughs> Facebook says, oh, yeah, uh, I know where they sleep or, or here, here, I'll bring the mic in. I know where they sleep. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Facebook, uh, kind of creepy in that regard, but also super useful. And honestly, if you are a, an underwater basket weaving aficionado or like somebody who's, who's just like completely passionate about the underwater basket weaving craft and skill set and like industry and you're so excited about it and you don't care about the Kardashians and you don't care about direct marketing and you don't care about, I don't know, money making opportunities or the stock market or any of that stuff. And you just want your Facebook to be full of your passion of underwater basket weaving. Facebook actually created a better experience for you by being this big, bad, big brother that stalks you everywhere. <laughs> um, and, and the way that they did that is they said, well, this person is really excited about underwater basket weaving. So if we give them as much content as possible, including paid ads about underwater basket weaving, we're giving them the Facebook experience that they want most. And the way that they did that was by having all this data, collecting all this data. 
So again, like that's awesome for advertisers because so much of the success of your advertisement is about putting it in front of the right people. And so if Facebook is better able than anybody else to put your ad in front of the right people, then you're going to be way more successful as an advertiser. And that's been a huge part of why, number one, why Facebook collected all that data, but number two, why they grew so much, why they've been so successful financially as an advertising network, because they created this huge feedback system where people got more of what they wanted, more of what they responded to, more of what they engaged with, and advertisers were able to tap into that with targeting. Now, privacy advocates have argued, and there's certainly justification here, I'm not disagreeing, Privacy advocates have argued that this is terrible, that Facebook should not stalk our every movement around the internet. Facebook should not stalk all the things that we are interested in. Facebook should not know more about us than our loved ones. And um, privacy advocates, like they're, they make a, a, a very important and and relevant point here that Facebook knows so much about you. The number of data points that they have about users is just off the charts. And here's a stat that, that you may not know. The average user on Facebook is scrolling the length of the Statue of Liberty on their phone, scrolling down the newsfeed every day and every like that they click, every time they pause scrolling, it's called thumb stopping. Every time they stop the scroll with their thumb and watch you know, a few seconds of a video, Facebook has that information. And so they know what we like and privacy advocates don't like that. And so Apple's whole iOS update, it's part of a growing trend. It is not new to Apple. It's not unique to Apple. It's not new to Apple users or anything like that. And there are even new regulations, more so in Europe than in the US. But there are new regulations that are reducing the tracking that is available on the internet. And considering that Facebook's big advantage has been that they are able to track everybody, that they have this in same level, big brother level tracking of everybody's behavior and movement and engagement on the internet. Um, well, that advantage is becoming illegal. It's it, uh, more and more that type of tracking of just how do people behave around the internet is becoming harder and harder to do. And I don't know. Like, I don't know exactly where that's going to go or where that's going to end up. But right now, we are in a climate where the amount of data being collected is going to be scaled back. It is actively being scaled back. And Apple's iOS update is just one example of the private market doing maybe what the, uh, what, what, what the government entities have not been able to do yet in the United States. Now here's a counterpoint to the privacy advocates. Uh, having relevant advertising, having relevant content delivered to you, there are some major upsides to that. There is major good to that. Uh, it, it, you don't want 
your internet to be just full of spam. You don't want your internet to be full of just a bunch of irrelevant content. You actually like the fact that your internet is full of content that's catered to you. One example might be if you are a privacy advocate, you probably actually appreciate that you get more content related to privacy issues or cybersecurity issues because of your engagement with the internet. And here's the other thing, the internet thrives on free content supported by ads. So all of that content that's out there that has ads in between the content, has ads in the sidebars, has ads wherever, like all that free content, the fact that Facebook is this free service that allows people from all over the world to connect with each other and form interest groups and like put up information and share updates and share pictures and videos and all of that, that's all been supported by ads. And we readily use all of these benefits and then complain by what is required to pay the bills. Uh, or complain about what's required to pay the bills. So relevant content and advertising is good. It actually makes the internet feel like a place that you wanna be more. The internet thrives on free content that is catered to your needs and supported by ads. When I see an ad that is catered to me, it's more likely to get clicked on and get the content producers paid, right? If, if I click on that ad, the people who created the content that the ad is being served around are going to make a better income because the advertising is more relevant to me. So all that free content that we love on the internet is going to be, it, it makes the content producers more money because of the ads being relevant to the people who are engaging with the content. And, um, and, and frankly, for me, like I don't want an internet full of bad, irrelevant advertising and content. So, I mean, that's that's a counterpoint. You could you could argue that whatever, like I shouldn't be stalked on the internet, and I agree. Like there should be some controls to that, or I see the value of controls to how much I'm being followed on the internet. And there are options today: privacy-focused browsers, etc. But but this privacy trend is definitely in place, and it's going to continue. And, um, and, and I guess, regardless of all the shoulds on either side of the situation, we can only ever really behave in the world based on what's actually in front of us. And what's actually in front of us is that all of this targeted advertising based on tracking, based on behavior, based on that type of factor, including, up to and including, retargeting and remarketing based on things like website visits, that stuff's dropping off. That stuff, I, it, it may not look anywhere close to how it looks today in three to five years. And as marketers, as advertisers, as entrepreneurs, we're kind of caught in the middle. Uh, we are caught in the middle. And here's where this gets really relevant for Facebook advertising in 2022 and beyond. Targeted marketing, like we have enjoyed for years, makes advertising so much easier. Uh, it allows us to be a little bit lazy. Uh, it allows us to achieve higher ROIs. It, uh, it, it, it does actually allow us to invest in more 
like in our business and jobs and customer experience, like it allows us because the advertising is more profitable, that money that is that additional profit. Yes. Okay. Some people will take it out of their business and they'll put it in their bank account and they'll get rich because of it. Oh my goodness. But <laughs> that money is also put back into the business in lots of different ways. There are employment opportunities created. There are uh, it, the, the actual price of products can go down if the, uh, if the ROI of advertising is, um, is better. Uh, alternatively, if you kill the ROI of advertising, the price of products will likely go up to, to match the increased cost. Um, also, also, this targeted marketing is less intrusive uh, because of the higher relevance. Like we don't feel like as marketers that we have to intrude as much on people's lives if we are putting a message in front of them that is highly relevant to them. Um, but but this is it's absolutely going to get harder. So as as a marketer, as a business owner, especially as somebody who pays for advertising based on some kind of behavioral targeting. It is getting harder. It's not just getting harder on Facebook, it's getting harder on Google too. Like the big ad networks, ad platforms, they are giving us less data today in order to target our ideal customers. So um, back to Facebook, back to Facebook advertising, back to the fact that Facebook stock crashed 26% in the day. Uh, if you follow the money, they are an ad network above everything else. That's where the majority, you know, forget, forget meta, like forget me. I don't even call them meta. Metaverse is like the new second life and second life at their peak. It was like a million uh, regular users of second life. There just is not the market for this whole like augmented reality aspect. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe in 15, 20 years, we're all going to be wearing meta hoods and never interacting with a real human being. But Facebook is Facebook and they are an ad network first and foremost. And uh, your attention as the user is the product that they sell. Their customers are advertisers. And the entire ad network business model of Facebook is based on stalker marketing like this, this type of marketing and targeting that is what privacy advocates call stalking, right? And that business model is being destroyed. And Facebook, like they need to pivot. Their attempt to go to the metaverse is, to me, it's a poor pivot. Um, they need to find new ways to ensure that their users are being served with relevant ads and keeping their, they need to keep their platform engaging. I mean, people complained in the past because they got kicked off Facebook for having ads that were basically like scammy type ads or misrepresented the truth or just flat out lied or whatever. Facebook was always about keeping that customer experience the best that it could be. And if Facebook wants to succeed going forward, they need to continue serving their customers who are the advertisers, not particularly the users, but the way that they serve their customers is by giving users a great user experience that the users want to keep coming back to and that the users are going to be responsive within. And so, so 
I mean, I'm sure that they're scrambling right now to figure out new targeting options. There's things that they can still do. Like, it's hard to object for, it's, it's hard for Apple to object to Facebook, for example, allowing you to advertise based on the behavior of somebody inside of Facebook. So somebody watches a video on Facebook, well, that's probably a pretty good retargeting event that's not gonna go away very fast. Alternatively, somebody clicks out of Facebook and is on some other website, that's not necessarily a retargeting event that's, that's gonna be able to be used in the future, right? So Facebook needs to look at these new targeting options. Marketers need to adapt to the, the targeting options that are based on first-party data, meaning, you can target people based on how they behave on Facebook. You may not be able to target Facebook users based on how they behave anywhere else. Google, similarly, Google, you can target today uh, based on everything that I'm seeing, what works best on Google for targeting is really search. Now, even if you're talking about displaying banner ads all over the internet through the display network, well, it's still the, the targeting that is allowing advertisers and marketers to target the correct people is what they type into Google. Now they may have typed it into Google last week, but they're probably still in that market. And so like nobody's gonna argue that Google has your search data. Nobody's gonna argue that Facebook has your on-platform engagements, right? That's first party data. The other thing is like for Facebook, for example, they have the Facebook conversion API, which allows you to send data back into Facebook, but it's your own data. It's, it's, it's first party data sharing versus pixel behavior, so it's a little bit different. You're, you're measuring actions taken on your website and passing them back. And other aspects of that include things like being able to share your customer list with the ad networks and saying, if you know who these people are, please uh, like show my ad to them, right? Like that, Again, it's, it's about having your own data and giving it back to the ad networks to help them define like, okay, um, you know, like this is who we should send the, 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 the advertising to. This is who we should put the advertising in front of. And so all this first party data is what is going to drive uh, advertising going forward. And um, yeah, uh, so, so what about Google in, in the context of this? I, I mentioned them previously, right? They're gonna struggle. They are gonna struggle. Um, they have already been making big changes. Uh, you know, behind the scenes, there's been a lot of changes going on with Google and your ability to, to target based on what they offer. Um, and like I said, targeting is moving back towards that search-centric uh, focus behind the scenes. And with Google, with Facebook, with other ad platforms, first-party data is going to remain king. So what does this mean for marketers? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the big shocker is that the big winner here is probably actually email marketing. It is probably... Uh, People who understand how to build an email list, how to build a relationship with their email list, and how to communicate directly with their email subscribers. So it's about taking, it's about getting the users off of these other ad platforms, finding ways to get people who are the most likely to uh, to be a good fit for your offer 
off these ad platforms, get them to raise their hand and say, yeah, I'm interested. Here's my email address for you to send me more information. And then to have the conversions and all of that go on there. All that stuff that's gonna go on, on on Facebook and on Google and all of that, okay, yes, you can, you can, you can use those to drive traffic into your own conversion systems, into your own customer relationship systems. But ultimately, I think that it's gonna be harder based on this environment where, where it's really like, there's so much less targeting available. It's gonna be a lot harder to have a business where you're driving the entire customer relationship through Facebook advertising or through Google advertising or through remarketing in general, retargeting in general. So, so more generally, direct marketers who understand all this about customer relationships and list building and all of that stuff are going to benefit. And secondarily, there is going to be an advantage that comes from having data sharing with the ad platforms. So for example, being able to create an audience in Google ads where you say, Here, here's my users or here's everybody who opted in for this particular free offer or whatever, and give them that information and use that to help you with either direct remarketing or retargeting in a way that's not reliant on the cookie, that's not reliant on the, that, that script on your website, that third-party script that's sending data to whoever it is, right? And then finally, having a robust business model and a relationship with your customer base versus being like a traffic hacker is going to be pretty much required going forward. Like all of this really does point back to uh, something that's always been the case every time going all the way back to like Google slaps and like how SEO, like people would do all these black hat SEO techniques and then Google would change the algorithm and then all these businesses would get ruined and just like wiped off the face of the internet. The people who always won, like going all the way back through that for, you know, decade and a half, I forget when the first Google slap was early 2000s. Um, <laughs> The people who've consistently won through all of that are the people who focus on, I'm gonna create a great customer experience. I'm gonna create value for my users. I'm going to deliver real value to real human beings, built to serve real human beings first. And I'm going to find a way to get them into my universe and build that relationship with them through time and have that robust business model and that relationship. And instead of like trying to hack whatever traffic technique, whether it's free traffic, paid traffic, whatever, the people who build the relationship with their audience such that their audience is going to follow them wherever, those are the people who are going to win. And you know, you'll find ways to get traffic in the context of all of this stuff. And it's gonna be different and there's gonna be changes and it's also going to be okay. And so, I mean, that's that's where I'm at. Uh, you know, I, I I think Facebook could bounce around a lot as far as the stock and all of that goes. This isn't really an investing type. Uh, <laughs> that's not the purpose of, of breakthrough marketing secrets, right? I think Facebook could bounce on, around a lot. It could even hit new highs. They could pivot. There could be new successes that I don't see coming. I do think that this whole, you know, stalker ad platform that they've built, that they built the entire Facebook business on the back of, it's gonna, they're gonna struggle to make that continue to pay going forward. And it's gonna be harder and harder. And in three to five years, that particular 
type of revenue model for Facebook or, or advertising model, I don't know that it's going to exist. Uh, and, and so you can be a step ahead of it in terms of all the thinking that I've laid out today. And if you do want to go deeper into the type of direct response marketing that's all about building your list and building your audience and having this deeper relationship and providing value first, well, check out my BTMS Insiders training library. Again, the link is in the description. It's like Netflix for copywriting and marketing training. So you pay one low fee, you get instant streaming access to now over 150 hours of training. And yeah, just check it out and see if you find it valuable. I'm Roy Fur. This is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. You know, don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe, all that stuff that tells the algorithms that, hey, you do get a lot of value out of engaging with this content. And they can actually use that engagement to share this content with more people like you who are users of their platform uh, that, that they believe will find it valuable. And, and so I do appreciate that. It also helps you get more content like this delivered in the future because these algorithms are going to change and they're going to face new constraints, but they are not going to go away. And the people who do continue to provide value and engagement with their audience are going to continue to, to uh, be seen more often. And that's my goal. Also, my goal is to help you grow your marketing genius one episode at a time. I hope that putting all of this in the context of what's going on with privacy uh, was successful in, in reaching that goal. One last time, I'm Roy Fur. This is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets, and I'll catch you again in the next episode. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.